Welcome back to Bit and Peach Pod. Thanks for popping on the pod for our new episode. I'm here still. I'm your host, Shay Shay. Welcome back. This is the queer Asian talk show where queer Asians talk about queer Asian things or whatever things we choose to talk about because anything that we deem worthy of talking about can be interpreted as queer and Asian. We reserve the right to label anything as queer and anything as Asian, as purveyors of queer Asian culture, creators of queer Asian culture here at Bitten Peach Pod. I'm so happy to have with us today a drag superstar, a drag icon, yes, a drag superstar who doesn't need any sort of television show to give her that title. No, 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 no. This is a self-made international queen currently in London, but headlining across the globe, sometimes just on Zoom, but that's okay too. And here she is in the Zoom room. Please put your hands together for Miss Asia Thorne. Woo, woo, woo. Hello, Shay Shay. Oh, that's such a great introduction. I mean, we're done. We can stop the podcast. <laughs> I've got what I wanted from you. My glowing <laughs> review is just the beginning. Just the beginning. Because now we get to brag about you. Oh. And this is a time, I mean... You know, some people are humble and some people don't like to, like to be modest. But no, we're throwing that out the window. Yep. We are we are shucking the, uh, the, you know, the humble Asian who likes to keep their head down and be grateful. <laughs> we are going to be the big, boastful, show-off Asians that we deserve to be. We deserve. Especially in these trying times, darling. We are all struggling through trying to remain creative, trying to keep our careers alive, you know, like there's not a lot of drag going on. There's not a lot of money no. in that industry. Yeah. So, I mean, I know for me, I really struggle to do online events. And I know you've done some, but how are you finding them? Oh, well, first, I agree with what you said. It has been a challenging time. It has been so crazy. So we are sending all our love to all of the performers out there who, like us, are struggling and the anxiety of it all, of not knowing what's going to happen. Um, going back to your question, yes, I've done a few online shows. It's, it's very different. I mean, f for everyone or for anyone that you've asked this, for sure, it's just different. I mean, we feed on the audience's claps um shouts uh, you know i know it's just different it's just so different it's like it, we're we're like we're like um in the world of peter pan neverland you know the fairies if you don't clap they die that yeah. literally is us drag queens <laughs> i just feel us like slowly fading away and you know it's it's not just i feel like drag queens need more than just clapping we need like screaming we need we, hooping and hollering validation is the word I know. if i may say when um when we were allowed to do events for that brief period, kind of late summertime, and we were allowed to do indoor events, I, what were they thinking when they let us do that? Exactly. When when the audiences were allowed to clap, but they couldn't cheer, that was so difficult to perform because you had no idea. You're, you're so used to gauging the level of your performance and the energy in the room by the cheering. So without the screaming, you're like, exactly. is anyone having a good time? Am I having a good time? It's, it's just so different. I mean, yes, it's nice to be out and about and doing indoor, outdoor shows. But it's just so different when they're not allowed to just be happy and express their emotions or even express how happy they are to see you. They can't. I know. It's I just I just want the audience to blood-curdlingly scream 
from beginning to end. That's the only reason I get on stage is to have them sound like someone's trying to kill them. Just <laughs> especially when they're so drunk. I love that. <laughs> Now I I want I want I want to dish into this a little bit because by night, of course, you are glittering from head to toe. You are beat.、Oh. The hair is on point. The toes are in the shoes. We try, we try. <laughs> Because yeah, by night you are Miss Asia Thorne, but by day you are not. No, no I'm not. You are Benny. Yes, Benny. Benny, Benny is、um, a very. Who is she? <laughs> well, how do we she? say? Oh well, no, seriously, Benny is、uh, just a normal queer person. To be honest with you, he's a, he's、um, he's from the Philippines. Um, I love that you're still talking about yourself in third person. <laughs> I know, sometimes I don't even know how to, because you know the the what do you call this the the differentiating factor. Sometimes like I can't differentiate it, but then I know right now I'm talking as slash Asia slash Benny. Sometimes so it, it's really it's just like、hard. a split personality. It's like they're both you,、exactly. but it's like. You're like Jekyll and so Hyde. So who's who now? Yeah.、Um, but you have a you have a daytime job.、Yes. You're a drag queen by night that that secretly masquerades <laughs> as as a professional by day. Yes. Can you tell me what you do? Oh, okay. Do you have time? I'm kidding. Well,、um... I have only time. I have nothing <laughs> but time. Benny is actually.、Uh, oh my god, this is so cliche. I work in Canary Wharf. Um, I am a global relocation consultant. In layman's term, I pretty much assist with expatriates and their family when they move. So, for example, most of the moves that I handle are、um, UK to EU or EU to EU moves. So, for example,、um, let's say Shay Shay, you and your family. Um, you're moving to Germany from the UK because your dad is now assigned in Germany. So we need to make sure that your move from Germany to the UK is as smooth as possible. We'll deal with all of the logistics、um, of your move. We'll deal with your packing of your items. And oh, will... whoa!、Yes. Not just like the forms, like the actual like objects as well. Exactly. I- I'm not going to be there physically, obviously, but I'm no, there no, no, to no. manage that. <laughs> You're like me. You want me to lift those boxes? But I just、not、got my、these. nails done, and I have a gig. I was about to say not with these nails, honey. Yeah. So that's what we pretty much do. We actually、wow. manage all of these logistical steps of. The expatriates and their family moving, so it's it's really a very crazy industry, but we're very much impacted with、uh, with、I、COVID. So needed、yeah. you, I needed you seven years ago when I was moving from the U.S. to the U.K.、Mm-hmm. because I found it all very challenging moving my boxes. I mean, the thing is, I didn't have a lot of money, <laughs> so I probably couldn't have afforded your services. But if we'd known each other, you could have done it. You know, pro bono or giving me a friends and family discount、uh, because yes. because after all, we are family. Okay, yes, we are. We're family. We are familia. I find it interesting that like the the service is very much marketed like for expatriates or expatriates,、um, expats, because I find I I find it confusing that term because I don't understand what the difference between an ex, ex An expat or an expatriate and an immigrant is besides the fact that usually expats are white and immigrants are people of color. Yes.、Um, in terms of expatriates and immigrants, I mean, there's. It depends. I mean, I can't consider myself as an expatriate. Why? I'm interested. Because、um, usually expatriates they actually move for work. 
You know what I mean? Um, they don't really move there to stay really? and live there. Oh. But then eventually, if an expatriate wants to stay in the location, in the new host location, mm-hmm. the, we call it they're localizing. Localizing. There you go. They're, they're becoming local queens. <laughs> so, they're becoming local queens now. <laughs> Support your localized queens. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, in terms of our industry, that's how interesting. We, that's how we define things. Like, oh, he's okay. an expatriate. And then he's localized. If that was used uh, more across the board, that would actually make sense. Like you're an expatriate because you have to move somewhere for work. But I know like especially the UK, like all the people in the UK that moved to Spain, there's so many. They're called like UK expats. Well, but yeah. like they moved to Spain because Spain has better weather. They didn't move because there was work. Yeah. Interesting. That's true. Yeah, but because, again, this is just an industry term. It's not really, uh, you know, a gen, a general, uh, sorry, a generic term. It's just more of an industry term for because us, the yeah. wider use of it is a little less specific. Yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. I I wish that that was more widely understood and used. That would make sense to me, because yeah. I think there's unfortunately, and obviously, lots of it has to do with like race and class and stuff. The term immigrant has a lot of... Is non-white. Is not white. And there's a lot of stuff packed onto it. You're illegal. You don't have documents. You don't have papers. And I'm like, "Mm, well, did you check? (laughs) Let me get the forms, honey. I have a folder of forms. Which is a very good example, as as you were saying, in in relation to to race and and color. Because if you're a white person in Asia, you're an expatriate. Mm -hmm. If you're an Asian person in uh, in another country, you're here for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I'm an expatriate as well. But no, they don't, they won't consider you as an expatriate no. because you're not white, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because like especially in like like in a lot of Asian countries, all the white people that live there are just collectively kind of referred to as expats. When like yep. they all they're all there for very different reasons, and yes. a lot of them have immigrated there. They've localized. <laughs> localized <laughs> yeah so so yeah, that's what i do boring right but hey i mean i'm into i think it's interesting because like the the i think it's interesting because th- there's so many details when it comes to moving countries and and it's become harder over the years mm-hmm. countries borders and nationality and all these things have become more difficult i mean especially with with Brexit now a thing that people are still confused about, the moving between UK and EU, I imagine your work has changed a lot over the past few years with people trying to figure out how to go about doing that. Amen. You said that so right. Uh, with Brexit happening recently, we've seen a lot of decline in terms of UK expatriates moving to another country or planning to go to another country. Because before, if you're a UK um, employee and you want to let's say work in Germany for six months to one year you can just go in and say like hey here's my card I'm gonna work now but now they mm-hmm. have to have specific um, documents and immigration processes wherein they're like well we don't want them let's just have someone from I don't know another part of an EU country another part of Europe where it's way easier this. yeah we don't need to worry about immigration yeah. so it's tricky it's very tricky I mean there are pros and cons mostly cons but um, <laughs> especially in my industry, of course, it's, it's mostly yeah. cons because we have to have more documents, more text, more papers. And there's a lot of people that are just going to be like, never mind. Exactly. Too much work. Yeah. Plus the, pa- Too much plus work. the pandemic and everything. So, Well, yeah. I mean, moving in a <sighs> pandemic is yeah. not necessarily the one. <laughs> you should know that. 
I know. I mean, I only moved house, luckily. But I know so many people that have moved house, moved countries, moved jobs. It's it's wild because, like, despite the fact that there's a pandemic, like, our lives had to keep moving. We couldn't just all put ourselves completely on pause. Hopefully, you know, we can start pushing play. I'd love to push, like, fast forward. Uh, yeah, like, let's just, fast forward. I'd like to fast forward. I mean, I don't want to miss any anything good, but I'd also like to get to the good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. We don't have the patience for this anymore. Do you remember old, old, old movies, like classic Disney movies, where there would be like five minutes of credits at the beginning, <laughs> and you'd fast <laughs> like, forward to get to the start of the movie? I just want to fast forward to the start of the movie. Exactly. I want to be the starring in my own film. <laughs> exactly. So, actually... I have a question that I ask all our guests. And while we're on the topic of Mm -hmm. moving, nationality, immigration, all these tricky terms, I have to ask you the question. And I think a lot of people of color love this question. It's a great question. And that question is... Drum roll, please. Where are you really from? (laughs) We love that question. But before I answer that, um, Shay, I just want to mention that I was asked that question so much in the past that I thought it was normal to ask. Mm. Mm-hmm. I never really thought it was something bad. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm f- oh. to answer the question, I am from the Philippines. However, I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to the Bitten Peach podcast, and I have the same story. I was born in the Philippines. <laughs> and when I was five, I moved to United Arab Emirates, um, which is oh, really? greatly known as Dubai. Yeah. But... I wasn't. We weren't really in Dubai. We were in Sarja, which is another. Um, it's like the other. Oh. Em- they have. They have. An, they have several Emirates in UAE, which is the United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. So when you say UAE, they say like, "Oh, Dubai." Like I didn't really stay in Dubai. Not but, just Dubai. Yeah. So I, we were in Sarja. Um, I was there from five until sixteen. So I was, that was like eleven years. Whoa! 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 That's like prime development years. Yes. So I was, <laughs> I was in an international school, and then eventually. Are you kidding me? Oh no. my god! Why did everyone go to international school? I just heard that from Lily when you mentioned. I'm like, oh, here's gonna be another boring story of another Asian person in an international school. So yeah, I, I was in an international school, and then here's a funny story though. When um when we were there for a couple of years, <laughs> my mom, oh bless her, I love her. Um, she is not really good in English. She's like, you know, she's from she's from the province of the Philippines. Um, and then she worked for a while. And then when we moved um, to UAE, she stopped working. Mm-hmm. So she was pretty much there to take care of the kids, to take care of the household, to take care of the move. So pretty much I was an... Real housewives of United Arab <laughs> Emirates. <laughs> I was an like, expat child, as they say. So um, through the years, like I think I was... Because when I was there, I was like grade one. When I was like, I think grade four, um, of course, all of my classmates were um, were from Germany, from India, from Canada, from wherever. They were all speaking English. And I was also speaking English. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came to a point where at home, mm-hmm. my mom was like, we need to do something about this because I can't understand them sometimes. Oh. It's funny, but it is a concern of a parent because she's like... I don't see you every day. Mm-hmm. I see you when you go back to school. And then sometimes when I try to communicate with you, we kind of lose our Tagalog or our Filipino um, language. Because we're speaking English all day, every day. Exactly. So eventually, we transferred into a Filipino school, which I'm very grateful. At, because... in, in Sarja? 
Yes. Um, eventually, there there was a big Filipino community um, in UAE in general. I would so, never have guessed that. I am so happy I know that information. That's so interesting. It is. It's very. It's it's a lot. Of, it's a big community. So they started up Filipino schools, um, and then my mom was like, "Yeah, we need to go, um, bring them back to their roots." So we were pretty much enrolled into the Filipino school and I was happy because at least I was able to speak my own language. I know some friends from UAE who don't know how to speak Tagalog now because they were there for the mm. longest time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yes, and then um, I was there until first year of um, high school and then second year high school, I went back to the Philippines because I need to accompany my sister, my eldest sister. She was in university um, so we, I went back to the Philippines with her, and I continued my studies there. You and your sister went. Your parents Me, stayed. My yes, yeah. My dad had to work. My mom. Wow. She was taking care of my dad and my youngest sister. So it was just me, my auntie, and then my eldest sister. So she was in university. I was in high school, and then I finished university in the Philippines. Um, worked for five years in the Philippines, and then I discovered Singapore. I discovered Singapore. Yes, no one had found it before you. Oh, yes. No. Um, I discovered Singapore because of a friend. And then he was like, why don't you stay here and work here? And I was like, no, I love my work in the Philippines, blah, blah, blah. And then after a month, I was like, I need some change. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think I should consider Singapore. Moved to Singapore. I was there for almost 10 years. And then I'm now here in the UK. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I think we skipped. I think we skipped over the birth of Asia. The birth of Asia. Okay, well. Yes, you just so you discovered Singapore and then you invented Asia. So thank you for not only a country and the continent. You you did so much work to create Asian landscapes. I'm so happy. No, but at some point when you were in Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, so that's when she was born at some point. Yes. Yes, the birth of Asia Thor. Yes. Was um, it was it a long labor? Were you in labor for a long time? Was she kind of growing in your belly? Actually, Asia Thor is my second born. My first born <gasps> was Puerto Rica. My first drag name was Puerto Rica. In I will explain. What? I know. <laughs> okay, Puerto Rica. Puerto Rica. Okay, let me explain. First of all, um, I was in love with beauty pageant. Okay, yes. Beauty pageant was my thing. Filipinos, we love yes. beauty pageants. And I've always admired the Latina girls because they were the stronger ones during the 90s, during the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It was the Latina girls. Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Colombia. Are we talking like Dominican Miss Republic. Universe pageants, Miss World? Miss and... Universe, Miss World, Miss International pageant. Not the drag yeah. pageant, but these are like the, um, the international pageants uh, of... of of women, but of course now they have transgender women. Thank you, Spain. Thank goodness we're there yep. finally. Exactly. Anyways, so that was um, my background, pretty much. I love, love, love um, international pageants, and then I belonged <laughs> to a girl. Um, I'm obsessed. I'm. I belong to a- my closest to my closest to beauty pageants is uh, Miss Congeniality, which I imagine is not Sandra necessarily Bola. the best. Re- <laughs> oh. I love her though, by the way. My queen. Exactly. So, but you, this is the real like cutthroat talent, like beauty pageant, international. This is the best bitch from all the countries. These yep. are the ones that you were following. I was, yes. I was obsessed. And that's when I knew I was gay. 
because like mm-hmm. anyways um so i belong to an all filipino uh drag queen group called the vajayjays yes naturally <laughs> i had to think of a name that will suit that because uh one of the girls is named mona kiki and kiki in the philippines means the female part that's so funny that like let's have a kiki means something very different exactly but in the philippines when you say kiki it's more of like the female part like coochie so mm-hmm. the little ki- like coochie. <laughs> so i had to think of a name that embodied my love for pageant and then the woman's part um puerta is pretty much uh in translation it's also pussy Really? So Puerto Rica in translation depending where you're from is called rich, rich pussy. pussy. There you go. Wow. She didn't look rich but she was called rich pussy. <laughs> what what um just time frame without having to reveal your age by any, you know, no one needs to know a lady's age. What time period was this that you were starting drag? Okay, I I officially put a date on my start date um as September 2013. 2013. Yes. So it was wow. very late. I was... No, that's not late. No, in terms of my age. If you know my age, that's oh. quite late. But yeah. Okay. But remember, we don't need to tell them. <laughs> yep. Asia, we don't need to yep. tell them about the age. Exactly. I mean, we as Asians, But... we're 300 years old and above. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. All of us. <laughs> eternal <laughs> beings. You were, you were on the drag train, I feel like, before it had its... I mean, I guess Drag Race had begun by that point, but it was not to any degree of As where it big, is now. Yes, yeah. Like right yeah. now, drag is a household knowledge. Yeah, it's like everything, like from t-shirts in Primark to t-shirts in whatever. There's like a Yas Queen. There's oh, like a... Oh, no, no, no. You know, yeah. T-shirts in Primark. If something has a t-shirt in Primark, it's dead. <laughs> When they they have an entire Harry Potter section in the Oxford Street There you go. Yes. Primark, and I was like, "That's what killed it." I believe that that is what turned J.K. Rowling into a transphobe. It was Primark. <laughs> But we don't want to talk about her. She's, She's dead to us. Dead. To Anyways, yeah, so, she is. Then at some point, though, you were like, "I'm not. I'm not rich. I don't have a puss puss. I need a new name." I need to be someone new. And so how did you transform? Yes. The rebrand, if you will. The relaunch, the rebrand. Okay. Um, reboot. Yeah. It was actually... It was after 2015. And were you still in Singapore at that yes, point? Yes. Um, I was still in Singapore. I moved to the UK 2017. So 2015 was when I married my husband, Paul Thorne. Whose real last name is indeed is Thorn. So, and then I was already in the plans of moving to the UK. Mm-hmm. I had this mind like I need to have a different global branding that people yes. will understand my name, where I'm from. Yes. So the moment that they see me, the moment that they hear my name, they know where I'm from. And I was thinking... You were thinking, not localized, you were thinking globalized. globalized. Hello. <laughs> She's gone global. Yes, I was. I always had this fascination of the name Anastasia. Ah, uh, because of because of the Russian princess. No, just because I like the name of Anastasia, and then it's like, oh, that's a cute nick- nickname, Asia. And then I was like, <gasps> Asia Thorn. And then I was like, global branding. Like at least if I move to the UK, they're not going to be like Puerta what, Rica what. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Asia Thorn. It's going to be a brand for me. It's going to be an 
easier name. And and for sure in the UK, if they saw you as Puerto Rico, they'd be like, so you're from Puerto Rico. Exactly. Like, no, no, it's, it's, and then you'd have to explain so much. And by then they would have just, you, you'd you see their eyes glaze They've over lost and, their interest. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, but you're beautiful. Okay, thanks, bye. Like, so oh, instead yes. of being from Puerto Rico, your name is literally Asia. And where are you from? Asia. Asia. <laughs> Obviously, look at this. So, yeah, I mean, it really did work for me because one, as you, as you can see, I'm Asian. And then second, it's it's just an easy name to, to remember. And, I mean, you know what I mean, Thorn, who doesn't love a good prick? Exactly. Are you feeling thorny? Mm-hmm. Believe me, <laughs> I've been in lockdown for so darn long. I haven't had a good prick oh. in quite some time. Girl... Soon. Soon. You need some pricking out there. Mm-hmm. Calling all our single friends. Hello. <laughs> if you're on the pod, you can slip into the pod's DMs. Mm-hmm. So when you came to the UK and you'd rebranded, rebooted as Asia Thorne. Globalized. What was your first entry into the drag scene in the UK? Because you came over with experience. Okay. You mm-hmm. were already a seasoned queen. I came up in the, the UK drag scene, like started there so i don't really know how one kind of transfers credits if you will it's like you transferred from drag university the 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 singapore office and then you you expatriated for work to the the uk UK drag office (laughs) well um that was one of my major concerns shay shay i'll be very honest with you i was talking to my husband then i was like i'm scared i'm scared to lose my my drag persona i'm scared to start again in terms of drag i'm scared of the drag scene in london in uk because in general i know it's cutthroat it's competitive there's a lot of queens and i've seen these videos of like you know like they're very how to say they're very rude they're very mean (gasps) how they do their jokes how they're like oh you're a newbie you're nothing go back to the to the back of the line so i'm like that's gonna be me. They're not gonna recognize me. I'm gonna have I'm, my 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 drag career will end. That's it. I'm just gonna be a housewife in the UK, married to a white man. <laughs> That's it. But then, um, knowing Paul, he he was very supportive. He said, like, no, we're gonna enter you in a competition. We're gonna um we're gonna be watching drag shows. We're gonna be in drag while you watch these drag Strategy. shows. Strategy. Yes, he is good. He, I mean. My husband, he is good with all of these shit. I think I think we need to shout out we need to shout out your husband and all the drag partners. Yes, drag partners, drag husbands, drag wives. Drag drag all of them. Like the drag girlfriends, boyfriends, and them friends Amen. are they are they do a lot of the heavy lifting. Literally, we make them carry our bags. <laughs> yes, and then um Paul also does my hair and um does some and your of my looks. outfits. Yeah, yeah. The only thing he doesn't do is my face, because only I can touch this. And, and of course, don't forget Dr. Zismore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I entered a competition. It was in Chelmsford, because I, I moved to Essex uh, before moving to London. We oh, were based in Essex. Local. Yep, local. I, I, localized. Um, I joined um, an, a drag show in Chelmsford, and then eventually I won. That's when um, I kind of had my baptism in, in, in the drag scene. And then um, I got to know a lot of people. And then, of course, word of mouth and whatever, Instagram followings. Mm-hmm. I started posting more. I started posting better content. Um, 
in terms of, you know, like the looks and everything. So I was following venues. I was following other drag queens. Because you were, you were living in Essex, in Chelmsford. Rayleigh, to be exact. Wait, where? Who? Rayleigh. Rayleigh. It's like Essex, girl. Okay, Essex. Essex. Localized. <laughs> Localized. <laughs> but you were traveling into London to perform yes i was traveling into london i was traveling into canterbury whoa i was traveling into cambridge girl she is doing the travel time just to be in drag and those gigs end at three so imagine i have to wait for the train to to come to go home yep and then (gasps) i will work from home on a wednesday most of my gigs um will be on a tuesday evening what yes this is glitter bomb this is like uni nights Oh. So imagine I would, sometimes I would even book a cheap hotel somewhere just to get ready there and then cross the street, go to the bar like, hi everybody, welcome to Glitter Bomb. Oh yeah, because then you can just walk in ready, you don't have to have your bags. It is, that is, that is a bonus. It is a bonus. But you have to think, is it worth me spending on the hotel? Because it reduces your fee. You've already had to pay for the trains. There's so many, there's so many elements. Because the thing is with drag is... You might be offered a decent uh, rate for the actual gig, but all the work and money that goes into getting there, the time, the accommodation, the makeup, the mm-hmm. looks, people don't think about that. Book- bookers don't think about that. No, they just think like, oh, you have that. You have that in your wardrobe. Like, uh, in a, yeah, sad to say, this is not H&M. <laughs> Nothing Darling. against H&M. <laughs> Shots fired. Let's not go there. I love there, H&M. But... I was there yesterday. And I bought a pair of purple high-waisted pants. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Again, we don't judge these queens, but, you know, whatever that person says, it's it's really sad sometimes when, you know, the big kahuna people say it. Yeah. People are like, uh-huh. yeah, that's H&M. The trickle-down effect is extreme it affects a lot of things yeah so actually i'd love to talk about that a little bit i would love to know what your predictions are for what the drag scene is going to look like as venues are able to reopen we did talk about this like slightly in a in a chat like oh my god i think there's not going to be much um how do i say there's not going to be as much performers in the lineup now because you know, producers or venues will be like, I can only afford two or three performers now. Whereas before I can afford six or five because of, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will definitely, sadly, see a decline. Hope, hopefully not in terms of, uh, you know, well, one, we've lost a lot of venues already. I know. We've lost a lot of venues and it's really sad. Which, which we should say right now, our remaining venues, the ones that are open, if you're listening and you live anywhere, go support your small exactly. queer venues, your exactly. small theaters. All the smaller mm-hmm. arts need your support. Exactly. Small bars, pubs, theaters, please go out and support those. The bigger ones will survive. They'll be fine. Please yep. go spend your money at smaller venues. And support your local performers, not just those you see on TV, guys. Mm. You know? Mm. It's very, very important. Um we love them. Don't get us wrong. We do love them. We adore them. But they're getting lots and lots of money somewhere. But and yeah. others are not. So A lot more than the rest yeah. of us. Exactly. Yeah. More exactly. offers are going to be coming in for them because they're now on, you know, a giant platform. Exactly. And they did the work to get there. And they, yeah. you know. Yeah. But don't forget about the rest of us because yes. they were all local queens just At a few months one ago. Point, yes. Exactly. They were, they were exactly the same as all the rest of us. They've just... 
gotten an amazing opportunity on a very big platform. Mm-hmm. But besides having appeared on that, they're they're the same as all of us. All us drag exactly. performers, we work really, really hard. And don't forget, we don't get to see really weird artistic drag performers that don't like you know, do feminine beauty. We don't get to see drag kings. Please go mm-hmm. seek these artists out because if you've only been watching Drag Race, you're missing so much of the crazy, weird, incredible yes. stuff that happens in the drag scene. And that's, I think, what I'm thankful about, uh, about me being in London. I mean, growing up in the Philippines, well, not really growing up, but during my university days in the Philippines when I was in gay clubs, I would see drag queens per se, but these, most of them were trans women mm-hmm. who are performing because that's their only way of perform um, of, of earning money to perform because that's what they're good at and they were so amazing um i i will always recall every in in, in the philippines club nights will always be thursday friday saturday sunday and the shows will be from 12 break one break two break and then three is the finale show and then there's like wow, several all night long there's like several clubs beside each other it's like it's in malate and queens will be like i'll be in the other club okay you'll be in the other club you'll be in the it's, it's pretty much like thailand you know where they're like i'm here at 1 1 p.m oh, sorry 1 a.m i'm gonna be there in 2 a.m then i'll come back here at 3 a.m oh my so. gosh they cycle around to different bars in the same night they get the points and but they don't get tips remember in the philippines they don't get tips same here there's no tips in the uk there's not much tips mm. sometimes they will get but not as often as in the u.s as we were discussing the other day as well yeah it's a complicated system because like i would love to get some tips but i also want my fee yeah. and i know for like some drag performers like i've done i've done some performing in the u.s and the fee is usually pretty low and so you're very dependent on tips. getting big tips and, like, I do one performance where I use um, an iPad and a phone in the middle of the performance, and my hands are quite busy. So taking tips is not easy for me to do in the performance, and actually it kind of distracts from what I'm doing. So typically when I do that performance in the U.S., I don't accept any tips during that performance. But that means I'm missing out on yeah. lots but of money. But not in buckets. You can put it a bucket in there, like I put your tips yes. here rather than give it yes. to me. But, but if the audience is around a room it's like people don't necessarily get up it's it's a complicated system i've noticed sometimes what drag performers do is if they are if they're allowed two performances in the same night they do one where it's like the show where they're not taking tips and they do one where they literally just walk around and take like an eight minute um celine dion number like my heart will go on so you can just wait for them go on and on (laughs) and on and on grabbing all of those dollars it's a strategy to get that cash it is so yeah i mean you make a really good point as well like we don't get to see trans women on on drag race we've had you know really minor amounts of representation of trans women on drag race where they've not been allowed to really uh, be their full trans self minor. except for the small exception of gia gun on all stars shout out to our queer asian queen gia gun amen but besides that we don't we don't really get to see i don't there there has yet to be a trans woman accepted onto the show like from the start who comes in exactly yeah, not because you're coming as back woman. as a trans woman mm-hmm. because you weren't you know, fully transitioned when you started. Yeah. Or sometimes they come out yeah. on the show. They'll come out while they're on the main stage and it's big and dramatic and good TV. But people haven't come in that way, which yeah. that could change. We are we seeing changes. See, we might see that but, change. Um, slow. But slow. We need to be Where's the fast forward yeah, button? We need to be fast because, honey, 
you need to catch up with the world. But hey. So when you mentioned when you were like little you, well, you said like university you, but I want to think about like little youth you, whether that's when you were really young in the Philippines or when you were a little mm-hmm. older living in UAE, United Arab, UAE. Um, yep. Who was the Asian icon that you saw? Ha. Huh. Like the first one or the one that stands out the most from those de- developmental years that you were like, oh, it me. It going to be me. That me. <laughs> that is a very, very good question, Shakers. I, I, I have a story to tell about that. When I was in, when I was, when I moved to the Filipino school, um, most of my teachers were Filipinos. So, um, of course, mm-hmm. because it's part of the, you know, Filipino school uh, curriculum. So, uh, I remember my English teacher, Miss Rose, I will never forget her name, Miss Rose. She asked us, all of us in the class, um, who is your superhero and um, why do you want to be them when you grow up? That's a good question. Because you know I was grade four. I was grade four, grade five or something. And then when it came to me, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to be Batman. I'm going to be Wonder Woman, blah, blah, blah. But in my head, I was thinking of a super. Uh, for superhero, but it was Darna. D-A-R-N-A. That's how you say it. Darna. Darna is the Philippine version of, uh, Wonder Woman. She is strong, um, and she transforms into this fabulous, big, black, wavy hair, red two-piece with gold stars, uh, in her chest and big high tie, high boots. And she, she actually flies to the sky and she saves the, um, she saves the poor. She saves those who are in danger. So, and she was like, she said, oh, confirmed, you're gay. But of course, she didn't say that. <laughs> but I was like, but I said, I was in my grade, I was grade four. She was like, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. Yep, so confirmed you, you're gay. Yes. You're, you're gay. Queer. Yeah. So it's called, she's called Darna. Okay. D-A-R-N-A. I've just looked her up <laughs> and she really is, she really is like a Wonder Woman. Of the Philippines. Knockoff, right? Yes, that's correct. Or but... maybe not a knockoff. I shouldn't say knockoff. She's the Filipino version of, of Wonder Woman because she is red star. Yes. She's the female representation. She's got like a gold winged thing on her headdress. Like Correct. she's got a similar aesthetic, but she is more scantily clad. I will say that. She's in a tiny <laughs> strapless top, tiny little panties, and she's got this like uh, flowing fabric to cover the puerta. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very Filipino in terms of costume. Yes, yeah, so there's because some traditional most elements very here. Very Asian, yes, correct, <gasps> yeah. But the backstory about Darna is, that's how I say it, Darna. It has to be very Filipino in pronunciation, yes. You gotta roll the R. Darna. Darna. Darna's background is pretty much, she's, she's from a poor family, the usual telenovela kind of. Poor family, has a brother called Ding, and she will say, because every time she turns into Darna, um, she is called Narda first. So her name is Narda. Her name is Narda. Yes. And then the brother is called Ding. And then Ding is the bearer of the stone that she has to swallow. And then she will say, Darda! And then she'll transform into oh this. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so theatric. It's so dramatic. And I'm just like. So <gasps> she's got to swallow Ding's stone. Yes. Ding is the holder of this hmm. stone that when she swallows it, she transforms into this. But they're siblings. Superhero. It's yes. not a sexy thing. Nope. They're siblings. Yes. So when, yeah, growing up, seeing her, I, mean, I didn't even know who Wonder Woman was. But 
seeing her on TV, seeing her in magazines, in comics in the Philippines, I was like, <gasps> I am, you know, like, I'm not sure why am I so into her? But then in, inside my head, like, am I gay? Am I queer? Is it because she's a woman? Because I, I like seeing her boobs, her, her, her wonderful curve. But it's not. It, I was so drawn into her. Like, I want to be her, not I want to do her. I want to be her. Mm-hmm. And that, my dear, is you, you can sense oh my, my, <laughs> my interest and my love for this woman. She was one of my first superheroes as well. I wish, I wish I knew about her before. Like, uh, so did she have a comic strip or a TV show? Yes, it was mostly comics. And then she was uh, made into a movie. And then movie. they had lots... She had, they had lots of movies about her. And then eventually in the 2000s, she became a TV series, which everyone loved. So, and of course, I was watching it every time and I would say, Darna! Darna! <laughs> okay, well, I have to say, Darna is, is going straight into the queer Asian Pokedex. Yes, I will say that. Um, she is my hero. It, 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 there's no way that this superhero, I need, I need anyone listening to please Google <laughs> right now because she is so fierce she's gorgeous yes. like i would do you know what we need where is the wonder woman darna crossover exactly we need that oh yes especially with the internet and with social media let's make it happen i mean not just it from the philippines like for sure other countries have their own local superheroes we need them mm-hmm. to be in the international scene honey because uh i'm so Bored of all the white superheroes. Mm-hmm. Every Marvel and DC film is just more white superheroes. And I mean, I thought after Black Panther, we saw the success of having black heroes. You know, like POC heroes were there, such I think a there success. There is going to be one, right? There's going to be a new one, a, a new uh, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, what took it so long? There's going to be an Asian one. But it's it, it's one of those things as well that I have to know. It's like. Uh, the Black Panther was like fully like it was a black hero and like the cast was all black and it was like all black production. Yeah. And the Asian one is going to be the same. It's going to be all Asian. Can we can we have some mixture? Can we have the like the Avengers? I don't think is there any people of color in the Avengers? No. There's there's you know what? The closest thing to a person of color in the Avengers is the Hulk because he's green. I was about to say someone was green in there, but yeah, yeah maybe he's vegan or something. <laughs> Yes, I, I don't think people knew the Hulk is actually a vegan. Uh, maybe, possibly. Gluten intolerant as well. Exactly. Very difficult eater. <laughs> actually, the Hulk, the Hulk when, the, when the Hulk accidentally eats gluten, that's kind of, that's what happens to but me. But end I of swear. the day, I mean, in, in, in origin, Hulk is still white. Do you know what I mean? So, nope, nope. He doesn't fall under that category. Next. Next. So, I mean, the Wonder Woman most recent film, I know, got absolutely slated. Like, people did not enjoy it. I didn't bother watching it. But maybe if they brought in some Darna action. I would love that. I would really love that. Are you Are you a superhero consumer? Um, Not really. Me neither. I mean, my husband is. My okay. husband is. Oh my god, he watches all of these Marvels and um, X Men. I grew up with X Men, you know, the cartoons, and then I was like okay. loving that and everything. Okay, okay. This is the same story as me. X Men are kind of <gasps> the only heroes that I've loved so much. Right? 
But other than that, I was like, mm, yeah, yeah, Superman, yeah, boring. He can carry whatever, have those laser eyes next. But that tight outfit, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, sure. The outfits, there's some fashion. There is some fashion. But the X-Men, did you like the X-Men movies when they came out? With like Halle Berry uh... and... I was looking for I was looking forward to it because I grew up with X Men cartoons where it was the like, original cartoon. Yes, with Wolverine was in like, the in the yes, orange in I, the yellow and blue and Jubilee yes, and, and Gambit. The, everything Jubilee Gambit. Um, the the guy with the wings, um, Archangel. He was like a mm-hmm. big part of it. He was not like just a small part of it. He was like a big part of it. Um, Gambit was one of my favorite. Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rogue. Anyways. Rogue was still was Rogue. a big character at that time yes. with the big hair. She had that yes. big eighties hair. And if I'm not mistaken, Jubilee canonically is Asian. Well, looking at the cartoons, yes, yes, yes. Okay, guess what? When you search "Is Jubilee," the first thing that comes up is "Is Jubilee Asian?" And guess what? She is Chinese. She, yes, she is. Yes. I think she's in a yellow coat. Is it a yellow coat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Trench yeah, yeah. coat or something like that. Ah, yeah. I still remember that. Yeah. She has that she's coat. She's got shorts, shorts on, but she's also wearing a long coat. That was my jam. And then I even I even liked the um there was like a another series of X-Men that was called X-Men the Next Generation. Did you oh, ever see that? that, that the movie. That's the no, movie. No, 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 no. Right? It was series? also oh, a cartoon. No. Oh, wow. So it came after, and their uh, their outfits were updated. Mostly they wore darker colors and some red. And that introduced, um, who's the one who can move through walls? Shadow Cat? Yes. Yeah, but I never... And I, I never Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler, yes. But I never got into that after that series. I was just like, oh, that's it. So the original X-Men yeah. were the one for you. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I remember the... Um, my my cousins who were a little bit older than me they had um the fighting game that had it was um it was like asian video game characters and marvel superheroes and you could fight them against each other it was like mortal kombat oh, but yes. it was different yes is it like yes i remember that you can choose your whether it's like x-men yeah. characters versus ryu yes and then from you know ken versus storm absolutely and my favorite was mortal kombat during growing up Growing up, Mortal Kombat. Mortal was Kombat! Dun, 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 dun. Finish him! Oh, at least they've updated it. It's now finish them. Is it? Yes. It's not. Because before it's like finish him or finish her. But now it's like finish them. Really? Oh my god. Mortal Kombat coming through with Come the through. pronouns. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew Mortal Kombat was a queer ally? Yeah, well, I think there's... I mean, we all knew. We all knew. When you look at those costumes... <laughs> there's lots of characters. Someone exactly. someone in that in that room was Ugh. queer being like, um, I think we should make her boobs bigger. <laughs> for you to design that, yes. Exactly. Uh, for you uh, to design that outfit for I think, her. I like, think oh. maybe one of the reasons... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but at least in my case, for X-Men... The X-Men were, and this is, this is, I've heard this spoken about by people who are experts in Marvel and X-Men and Heroes. They were, it was a, a queer allegory. The, the X-Men are supposed to represent the queer community. Oh, really? I'm sure there's going to be some super fan being like, you're not quite right about that because X, Y, and Z. Exactly. But, but especially like in, um, in this, in the comic strip series where there's like, they're trying to wipe out the gene, the X, the the queer, the X gene, gene X or whatever. 
it's very much like looking for the gay gene and like the the oh. and the comparisons of mutants being like locked up and stuff. There's of course Magneto was Which in the Holocaust much, and like yeah. all of this stuff. It it the pen you know a disease. It there's a lot of references or or allusions to the AIDS crisis and stuff. I think especially in. I remember the first three movies, which were not perfect by any means, but they absolutely. I was I was just young enough that I saw them when I was a bit too young. Like my cousins were watching them. My cousins were older than me, but I got to watch it because they were watching it. And I was like, <gasps> I was just so obsessed. I'm so obsessed. And the second one especially is definitely about like the all the all the ex people all yes, the mutants having yeah. to come together they're mutants you know keep, i think hide it keep quiet about it you know mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. say anything about it you're a normal person you kind of feel it i think there's a line in one of them where it's literally like have you ever tried not being a mutant yes have you tried ever being normal yeah and like Just being a normal being we've all heard these oh, wow. things like people <sighs> having to come out to their parents as mutants like very queer and it's funny enough it's one of the things that people joke about us in the um, well in the philippines when especially if you're a gay man and then you transition into becoming a woman they call you a day, oh yeah she's an x man because oh. it's like an ex, oh, dear. a former male, so it's it's yeah, it's 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 really a crazy joke, but it's funny, but it's not really funny because you know it's it, Filipinos are very much in terms of uh, their comedy and humor are quite um, how do I say dark? Uh-huh. <laughs> they're very dark. They're very, but it's very, but it's mm-hmm. very culture based. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if in the Philippines, machismo yeah. or being manly is okay, is the best thing that can happen to a family. Like, if you have a gay son, that's a curse. If you have a lesbian daughter, oh, yeah, she's fine. At least she's manly. Oh. She, you know, she's not doing anything bad. That's okay. So there's a lot of misogyny yes. built if in. If you have a lesbian daughter. Interesting. Yes. It's just in the Philippines. They'd rather have a lesbian daughter than a gay son. That's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that necessarily we are so huh. in touch with our uh, masculine toxic yeah, masculinity yeah it, it's it it's is crazy. known it do be known that masculinity is toxic it's getting better now though um, don't, don't get you know wrong. that yes. you're toxic <laughs> okay so i think actually from our chat just now i think possibly we might need to add two more things into the queer Asian Pokedex. <gasps> I think I think the X-Men need to go in. I think so too. With Jubilee as kind of like the Especially face. Especially Jubilee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jubilee's the face of it though. She's the face. Um and the 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 characters of Mortal Kombat. Ah, okay. I'm I'm done with that. I mean there's a lot of Asian characters in Mortal Kombat so. But also the fact that Mortal Kombat has updated finish him or finish her to finish them. Yeah. Like that is that is a that was a choice that they made. To support like gender diversity, and I am all for it. So we have we had all for it. Two more submissions, but now comes to the time. Those all happened organically in our conversation, but now comes the time. The pressure's on. Uh-oh. Benny, Asia, both of you need to work together here. You and your split <laughs> personality need to come together and choose one, one cultural object to put into the queer Asian Pokedex. This could be a person. An object, a song, a movie, a dance move, a 
food. Did I say food? Uh, anything. It could be in anything that exists in the culture that you know deserves queer Asian recognition, fame, and infamy. Oh, um, it will be Markova. This is another character. Um, Markova is a, a gay man. Yes, Markova. He is a gay man during Mar- the Jap. Yep, during Ova. the Japanese. Um, uh, the Japanese invasion in the Philippines. She is one of the famous comfort gays in the Philippines, Markova. Yes, a comfort gay. Yes. I just found this. Yes. So, and um, she's she's she passed away already. She's one of the last. So she's a real woman. Um, no, she is a gay man. She's a real gay man. Yes. Um, I think during that time they didn't know how to classify her if it's if it's if she's a trans gender or if, sorry trans woman or. Is you know she's a cross dresser because she, she never really transitioned into uh, you know being a woman this because I guess during that time there wasn't um, any ways of doing it um, but um, yes Marco but was a real person yes okay tell me more I need to know the the where the when the why the who and well the... this was during the Japanese um, invasions um, in the Philippines and they special well Markova and her sisters um, you know the comfort gays as we as they call them were actually providing support um and they were actually providing sexual favors to the japanese soldiers but at the same time helping our people to make sure that you know we win over the war do you know what i mean so at some point yeah but but at some point uh, markova is uh as a uh, i guess for me for me, she belongs in that Pokedex because she's so out of our time now. If you know what I mean, like she's nobody knew her much. The queer people don't know much about this person, no. but she's pretty much a comfort. I mean, I want to give um, credit to our sex workers because nowadays I think people are pretty much saying that, ah, you're a sex worker. You have only fans. I saw your dick or your whatever in, in only fans. And I'm like, um, yeah, so so I think as a social worker, sorry, as a sex worker. Why did I say social worker? Because, because it, I'm you know with what? adoption. <laughs> but you know what? Sex can be social. That could be exactly. a social there you work. Go. Exactly. Oh, thanks for saving me there. Yeah, I got you. But yeah, I think um, this is for our um, um, sex worker friends um, who are actually you know, struggling at the same time. They're earning more than us because of sex work. And girl, we are not here to shame them. And I think Markova is a good representative of that. You know, that she used her body to, one, get over these Japanese invasion, um, and at the same time, provide comfort to our men. <laughs> wow, okay, I just did... It's a, cra- it's a, it's a crazy reference. But um, growing up, I always looked up to this person. Um, you know, when I was growing up and I knew that I was gay, I was like, Markova should be in the limelight. She should be known. She should be someone that we should know about. Um, the queer people should know about um, this person, especially in the Philippines, because, you know. Wow. I've just done a little bit of research. And so Markova was like, the legal name is Walter Dempster Jr. Yes. But another name is Walterina Markova. Yeah. And I think Walterina is, is a much wonderful better. name. <laughs> What's your name, darling? 
Walterina Markova. I mean, and there is a film, as you said, it's called Markova Comfort Gay, and it came out in two thousand. Yes, she passed. And the person who portrayed that passed away as well. Oh, and and the real person only passed away in two thousand five. Yes, and lived to eighty one, which is a that's a ripe old age. Yes, I'm so interested in this film now. I'm gonna have to find it on the internet. Yeah, please do watch it. I mean, I I do encourage everyone, especially now that there's like um translation or what do you call that again? Subtitles. Subtitles. There you go. Please do watch it. It's an amazing movie, um, and I think it's an and it's an amazing representation of uh you know the queer people, during then trying to survive, trying to live, um as queer people, and then the only way is to. Or the only way to earn money is to be a comfort gay and at the same time be a sort of a spy. Oh my god! I don't know if that part of the movie they did mention that um she was um sort of a spy as well. But oh my gosh, that's that's my ultimate combination of jobs. Like like right, sex profe- <laughs> professionally sexy and a spy. Exactly, I would want. Basically, that. what I'm trying to say is, when I was young, Lucy Liu in Charlie's Angels was my Asian icon. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But this is incredible. I'm I'm loving the imagery. This is on the new to watch list. Listeners, viewers, listeners listening, you oh, need to become yes. viewers and watch Markova Comfort Gay. <laughs> Get your queer history because Markova is officially in the queer Asian Pokédex. Thanks to you, Pew! Little Miss Asia Thorne, delivering us a little Thanks. bit of history, a little queer history. A little bit of history. Now that will really show you how old I am. <laughs> And besides, you know, teaching us a little history, you've just made history by being on this this historic podcast episode, which will go down in queer oh. Asian textbooks till the end of time. This will bring honor to my family. <laughs> you've brought honor to all of us. And please tell our listeners, the Pop and Pod listeners, what and where you're findable on the internet web oh well the crazy www um you can find me on instagram at miss asia thorn i have twitter at asia thorn um just like miss lily said i am not that active in mm-hmm. um in uh the twitter feed but i do read twitter because of the crazy things happening there which is good and bad but yeah i do have a facebook account um uh, it's at Miss Asia Thorne as well, or just search Miss Asia Thorne. And no TikTok for me. Oh, and we should tell them Thorne has an E at the end. Yes, it's Thorne with an E. Yes, okay. It's so, T-H-O-R-N-E, Asia And Thorne. Asia is spelt like the continent. Like the continent. Yes, and you can remember that because Asia is from Asia, and she's always Thorne-E. Yes, I bring the Asian in representation, darling. There you go. Oh. <laughs> and now to send off a so long farewell to our listeners, can you please say goodbye to them in any language that you so choose? Oh, in Tagalog, it says, it says, Paalam. And y- do you have to do one of those big waves across your face like that? Yes, we are very, um, how do I say, in the Philippines, we love actions. We say, every time we say hello, we have to do this, like, hello, hi, mabuhay. And then when we have to say goodbye, we have to hug each other or even say, or okay. do the big, big wave. Bye. Thank you so much to our amazing guest, Miss Asia Thorne. We are all sending you and your husband so much luck in your quest to becoming parents. 
you will be the most fabulous mother-father combination parent any little child could ever have. And you, our listeners, thank you for listening once again. The best thing you could possibly ever do for this podcast is to share it on your social media, send it in an email to your friends and your family, your acquaintances, that random that you matched with on that dating app. Send them the podcast. Why not? Might just strike up a conversation and they might just want to bite into your PJ, if you know what I mean. We'll be back next week. See you there. My drag career will end. That's it. I'm just going to be a housewife in the UK married to a white man.